Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into things. A podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. Got to remember which show this is. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> uh, this is episode 128, DeVito, Delays, and Disney Plus Days. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my creative and colorful co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, dear? <laughs> I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing well. So we are on the uh, eve of All Hallows' Eve, right? Yes. And you are dressed for the part. This is really kind of more like an everyday yeah, outfit. Not, not I, I really don't. <laughs> not that unusual. Yeah, I'll still be wearing Haunted Mansion attire even after Halloween am, season. I am dressed in my standard uh, Hawaiian shirt. Middle-aged, retired uh Fat guy Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> hey, let me let me just say the band kids notice, you know, when you don't wear a Hawaiian shirt because you are now known as the guy that's always in a Hawaiian that is, shirt. So that is true. Yeah. Uh, we did have a fun band event this week. We did our trunk or treat with them this week. Yeah, and this was our first time ever participating. We've gone right. to trunk or treats and we've always wanted to participate in one and we never really had the opportunity. But as part of the band parent association, they all uh did one for right. the kids after their practice on Wednesday. So And we did ours up as surprisingly Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Would have never guessed that, right? Right, right. I think next year we should do like a Star Wars theme. I definitely think we should. Yeah, I think that'll be cool. With ships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, we're not? No. Oh, okay. No, today in our... Di oh, you trapped a cat in here. I think she's freaking out. Nah, she's fine. She's panicking. She's good. She can get out. Today in our <laughs> Disney detective, Danny DeVito will be visiting the mansion, plus delays and more delays in store for Marvel and Disney movies. In our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, maybe that galaxy far, far away isn't as far as we thought. And Boba gets a special for Disney Plus Day. And for our entertainment news, we're finally getting History of the World Part 2. Mel Brooks promised it decades ago, but we're finally getting it. And Monster Mania in time for Halloween. And as always, we'll finish up with our insightful picks of the week and some afterthoughts. Before we do that, though, I would want to invite our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. You can find audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Entertainment. You can find video versions of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. We're available on Pandora, Castro, Stitcher, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Apple, pretty much any place you can get a uh, podcast these days. 
I would also invite you to give us your feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Give us show suggestions. Uh, give us your, you know, we like to talk about the various toy shows and pop culture conventions that are going on. Give us your suggestions. What's going on near you? We'll talk about it and plug it on the show. You can email us at comments at insights into things.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash insights into things on Facebook, which isn't Facebook anymore. You can find us at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. We're on Instagram at instagram.com slash insights into things, or you can get links to all of those wonderful things. Plus more on our official website, at www.insightsintothings.com. Are we ready? Let's go. All right. Go for Disney Detective. So our first story comes from The Hollywood Reporter, and it seems that now Danny DeVito has joined the cast of Disney's Haunted Mansion, um, the which is based off of the... Uh, company's signature theme park ride. So DeVito, whose last big screen appearance was in 2019's Jumanji, The Next Level, boards a project that has already um, mentioned that Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, and Rosaria Dawson are on the call sheet. Now, I don't remember hearing about Rosario uh, Dawson being added to the list. So we might've missed that somewhere along the way. So she's part of the cast as well. So obviously the details of the story and the script, um, are still being kept, uh, you know, deep in the bayou, as they say. Uh, so the film from all that we really know right now is that the film follows a mother and her son who come across a mansion that is more than it seems being orbited by various characters key to undressing the spooky mystery. What we do know, uh, DeVito will play a smug professor. Um, Dan Lin and Jonathan uh, Elrich, who produced Disney's um, billion-dollar grossing live-action remake of Aladdin, are producing this uh, via their rideback banner. Um Obviously, you know, for those who don't know, DeVito is a veteran comedic actor who has more than 100 credits ranging from his seminal 1970s TV series Taxi to major roles such as Romancing the Stone, Batman Returns, and uh, appearing uh, for the last 15 years in the long-running comedy It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing the just the career that he's had. Mm-hmm. And to see the the range of talent that he's displayed over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of exciting, I think, to see him on this project here because of what he brings to everything that he's a part of. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's already part of the Disney family. He um, voiced Phil in um, Disney's Hercules animated. Oh, right, right. So, yeah, he, yeah, you know, yeah. he's already part of, of Disney lore. Uh, so it'll be interesting to kind of see – what crazy character he, you know, is. Is he a ghost or is he, you know, someone that's helping to to find these ghosts or, you know, yeah. figure it out. So <clears throat> he's such a versatile actor. He comes mm-hmm. in and every every part that he plays, he literally becomes that part. Mm-hmm. And he's so convincing in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited to see him in this one here. And hopefully yeah. the story itself is gonna, you know, keep my 
attention, I guess. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like they're they're trying, and especially when you have the production crew, you know, that they've been having hit after hit, you know, and I think they know that the first one wasn't what they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. They're hoping to to you know turn it around for for this one. So right, right. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. What else we got? So our next story comes from Variety.com, and it seems that Marvel fans will now have to wait a bit longer to see Doctor Strange, Thor, and Black Panther returns in the theater. So Disney has now delayed the release plans for several upcoming films. So Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to be coming out March 25th, and now that has been pushed to May 6th. Thor Love and Thunder was supposed to be May 6th, and now that got pushed to July 8th. Black Panther Wakanda Forever was supposed to be July 8th, and now that gets pushed to November 11th. The Marvels has now been postponed till early 2023, so no date yet for that. Ant-Man and the Wasp um, Quantumania has been bumped from February 17th now to July 28th of 2023. So along with, you know, all of these Marvel delays, Disney has also moved the fifth Indiana Jones installment back nearly a year. So the still untitled film starring Harrison Ford as the fedora wearing, uh, swashbuckling, um, archaeologist will open on June 30th, 2023, instead of July 29th, 2022. So that's almost a full year that that one's being pushed out. So the major uh, release date shuffle comes after Marvel Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings cemented its place as a pandemic-era box office hit ahead of Eternals. Um, the MCU's entry, which is scheduled to be released next week. The scheduling overhaul is related to production and not box office returns, according to sources at Disney. The next black, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the next Black Panther entry, for one, is still filming in Atlanta. And since Marvel has become an interconnected and meticulously planned universe, which spans dozens of films and several new TV series, any production delay causes a domino effect for basically the rest of the franchise. So because you have a delay on one, everything else kind of gets pushed back. So as for Indiana Jones... um, the 79-year-old uh, Harrison Ford sustained a shoulder injury on the set back in June, requiring the actor to take a break from filming while he was healing. That was when the Millennium Falcon door hit him, right? <laughs> no, that was years ago. That was, that was ago. a different one. Okay. Um, so even though they were able to still continue filming certain things, there were limited amount of things that they could do without him. Since then, he has obviously recovered and has returned on the set. So that kind of hurt the the project being pushed a little bit for um forward so now there were four untitled uh 2023 movies from marvel 20th century and disney live action division that have now been removed from the calendar completely um so while one untitled marvel movie was relocated um, from December 10th to December 3rd of 2023. So a lot of shuffling 
going around because they they made this whole thing. I guess it was during the summer where they had the like these are all the things that are coming out from Marvel. You know that you know it almost sounded like there was something like almost every other month that was coming out, and now it's like. Oh yeah, none of that's coming out. We're just kind of pushing everything back. So obviously COVID-19 has shaken up the way studios release their biggest movies with many major tent poles bucking tradition to land simultaneously in theaters and on digital platforms. So after putting Black Widow and 101 Dalmatians prequel uh, Cruella and Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus the same day as the theatrical release, the studios, you know, basically reaffirmed the commitment to the big screen for now because there are a lot of studios now that don't want to do that. You still have HBO Max that's been releasing things the same time as the theater, but I think Disney now has kind of stepped back from it. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, going forward, if more delays are going to happen or if they're going to be able to stick to these schedules. So I'm curious if this was a product of just an overly ambitious and aggressive schedule, a change of storytelling, because, you know, like we all know, the the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe is is laid out Mm -hmm. in really interacting chapters. Right. And it almost sounds like maybe that story that they originally came up with that would be the long-running one for, what are we on, phase four, I think. Right, now? right. Maybe that that phase four story has changed because I know uh, Eternals landed and kind of got a lukewarm reception. People weren't all that excited about it, and that was supposed to play a significant role in phase four. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the stuff that they're running into is a change of story. I have to assume a good chunk of it has to do with COVID. Oh, I'm sure. And I think people, you know, maybe when they came up with the timeline of everything, they were hoping we'd be further along. You know, the pandemic wouldn't still be as, um, I don't want to say relevant, but wouldn't be still as impactful. Yeah. You know, yeah. that things would kind of be a little bit more normal yeah. at the time when they were planning it. Because you figure, you know, when they start doing a movie, you know, it's been written for so many years. And, you know, to hire the cast and yeah. to get your location and everything, you know, so it's so planned out. It's not like, hey, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Let's go make a movie. Well, you and, know? and that's the other thing with Disney and Marvels that you've got the same talent that are appearing in multiple. Right. You know. That are crossing shows. over yeah, from they're crossing thing to over that. movies, yeah. the movie, yeah. TV shows, and stuff like that. A lot of it's probably timing issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's transportation issues. Yeah. Um, I have to think a good chunk of it is probably part of the production release philosophy these days now, mm-hmm. too. Um, when when they started releasing things during the pandemic with on Disney Plus, nobody thought that was going to be an outlet. Right. You know, Disney Plus was always going to be that either direct to DVD style market mm-hmm. or that post. Right. After it's been. Release. Right. Um, so that kind of changed philosophies. The lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson and Black that Widow probably changed too. things yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think it's really a fact, a combination of all these factors. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like Disney's kind of 
leading the way and trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like they're making it up as they go along yeah. at this point. Yeah, really. That I th- I think they are. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to push Indiana Jones too long. I mean, Harrison Ford's kind of getting up there in age, you know. <laughs> 79. <laughs> you know, you figure at this rate he'll be 80 by the time, by the you time know. it's released, yeah. It's released. So, so, hey, great that he can still – do all this stuff at 80, yeah. but. Yeah, but I mean, how much of it's stunt work and how much is it, you know, I mean, they can de-age him and make him look like he's, you know, oh, sure. 25 again if they sure, want. Sure, sure. the technology. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was it for our uh, Disney detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Today in our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, Star Trek icon William Shatner shares a sweet exchange with Star Wars' Mark Hamill about going to space. Cinema Blend tells us that Star Trek legend William Shatner's voyage to space has come and gone as the actor spent a whole 11 minutes in outer space with a small flight crew recently. Following the short but memorable trip, Shatner shared a sweet exchange with Star Wars' Mark Hamill about going up in the future. William Shatner was the first was first announced to be going into space aboard Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin last month, and he even shared another sweet exchange with Wonder Woman's Linda Carter. Just days before the launch, Shatner admitted he was nervous despite his years playing Star Trek's Captain Kirk. Now that he's done it, He's giving advice to Star Wars icon Mark Hamill on Twitter over the possibility of doing the scene. Put my over the shoulder on. <laughs> There's not much to see. It's just his Twitter, his tweet. Uh, where Mark Hamill said, uh, not sure how to feel about so many people suggesting I'd be shot into space. Shatner's response was, well, of course we want you to come back someday. Seriously, if you get the opportunity to do it, I'd recommend it. It's not surprising that following Captain Kirk's trip, people would want to see Luke Skywalker do the same thing. It's so great seeing how enthusiastic William Shatner is about going to space, considering he was pretty nervous about it, though who wouldn't be? It's definitely a rare experience, and maybe one that Hamill would enjoy. It would be fun if both actors could head up into space together, so fans could get a Star Trek-Star Wars crossover of sorts. 
even though William Shatner's trip lasted less than 15 minutes, it seems to have changed his life for the better. The actor became the oldest person launched into space at 90 years old, and he's still doing pretty well. One thing is for sure, William Shatner heading to space at the age of 90 certainly gives the impression that making a quick trip above the atmosphere isn't too dangerous under the right conditions, even if there are no guarantees. Then again, the 70-year-old Mark Hamill didn't actually indicate that he's planning on a trip to space or even considering it. Who wouldn't have some questions if throngs of people start wanting to send you quite literally off the planet? Mark Hamill's legacy as Luke Skywalker pretty much guaranteed that Star Wars fans would encourage him to give it a shot if it was ever possible. And Star Trek fans undoubtedly had fun with William Shatner doing it. Only time will tell if Hamill gives space travel a shot, but the odds seem pretty good that more and more celebrities will at least consider making the journey to space. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to risk Luke Skywalker going up on a Jeff Bezos rocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, obviously, it seems to be safe, but obviously, you know, just getting in your car each day to, to go to the, the grocery store, you know, you, you're taking a chance. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of liking being on the planet, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm a Star Trek fan and a Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't particularly pleased to see that William Shatner is going to be taking that chance. Right, right. Um, I've done, I've read a number of articles about the safety issues. There's a number of uh, people from Blue Origin that came out about some of the shortcuts that were being mm, made. And okay. Some of the safety concerns that they had in order to accomplish some of the stuff that they're doing. So quickly. Yeah. Okay. To make the progress. Because it was really, it, it, you had that little mini competition between Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. Right. To see which CEO could go into space first. And both of them were taking chances. In fact, uh, Virgin Galactic wound up getting flagged by the FAA and shut down because they went outside their uh, flight vector. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah and it was, it was because the pilot had ignored a warning that was visible. I mean, they're live streaming this, and it, the, the warning light was visible on the cockpit dash. Mm. And the guy was ignoring it because your boss is sitting in the back. You're not going to abort with your boss in the back, right? Right, right, yeah. Although you don't want to be the guy to kill your boss either. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, well, if you die too, then. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, but as a result of that, they wound up overburning their one of their thrusters, and they came out of oh, their, their okay. entry window outside of where they should have been. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's, I just it's like skydiving. It's like oh, might be fun, but it's not worth the risk to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and but there are people that they are those adventure seekers that you know they want to take a chance and if they don't end up with a broken bone then they didn't have a good time right right um, see and i'm know. very risk averse you know right. if if there is more than a non-zero chance of me dying chances are i'm going to avoid it right unless right. there's a necessity to it mm. like i'll jump out of an airplane if it's going to crash and kill me otherwise mm. But not voluntarily. Yeah. Same with space. I love space. I'd, I'd love to go up to space, but it's to the point now where it's not safe enough 
You know, I don't like flying on planes, and the safety record on planes is a hell of a lot higher right, than it is right. on rocket Let ships. somebody else go and take some really good footage, exactly. and I'll watch I'll it in I'll give you my a, camera. Here, here's my right. camera. Go take some pictures. And I'll watch it in, a, in an immersive, you right. know, 3D right. thing, and yeah, I'm good with that. So anyway, you know, if I was if, if Mark Hamill was taking advice from me, I'd say don't do it. Mm. It's not safe. So what do you have next to talk about? So let's talk about Star Wars and the Boba Fett special that's coming up on Disney Plus Day. The upcoming Disney Plus Day on November 12th will bring all kinds of treats to mark two years of the Mouse House's streaming service. From Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Jungle Cruise becoming free to view at home, Two new shorts from The Simpsons, Frozen's Olaf and Luca's Alberto. Beyond that, we know we're getting some Marvel and Star Wars treats, too. One of which is now confirmed to be a special all about the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. <clears throat> Ahead of the Book of Boba Fett, a Mandalorian spinoff series which begins streaming towards the end of December, we'll be getting a special all about the guy himself titled Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett. The series glimpses the right. The first glimpses of the episode were teased in a new Disney Plus Day trailer, with glimpses of Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back, behind-the-scenes footage, and bits of Mando in there too. The special should be a nice primer for the Boba Fett series, which was teased in the Mandalorian season two finale and comes from the Mando showrunners John Favreau and Dave Filoni the two guys who could do no wrong whatsoever with Star Wars at this point in time. Pretty much, yeah. They're kind of riding high. Mm -hmm. At uh, this time, they're teaming up with Robert Rodriguez, who directed the Fett-centric episode from the last run of Mando. Together, they've cooked up a show with Tamora Morrison returning in the helmet, alongside Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. What else we should expect from the show is currently unknown, we could learn more about it on Disney Plus Day before the first episode drops on December 29th. And you know we love our Disney Plus uh, documentaries. Of yeah, the we do. They're, stuff. they're probably one of our favorite besides, you know, the the other content. Yep. Um, yeah. We haven't watched one that's been bad. Right. You know, all of them from the WandaVision uh, to the the Mandalorian ones, uh, even the Disney attraction ones have all been so so well done. Um, and what I like about them is they're not your standard, you know, boring documentary. I was just going to say that some interesting perspective, mm -hmm. some facts that you would never have found out mm -hmm. before, or even just like. Sneak peeks of some of the concept artwork that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Right, right. There's always gems in there to mm -hmm. pick up that make it worth watching. And they do them in such an entertaining way. Absolutely, absolutely. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more about what the show's about mm -hmm. before we get the show itself. Yeah. So that's it for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. We'll be right back with our entertainment news of the week. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. 
each week we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. for entertainment news. So from Variety.com, it seems that History of the World Part 1 is finally getting a Part 2, with Hulu ordering a Variety series uh, follow-up to the classic Mel Brooks comedy film. So History of the World Part 2 is described as a sequel to the 1981 film. The film was made up of segment sets during different periods of world history. Among those was the Stone Age, ancient Rome, and the French Revolution. Like most of Brooks's work, it also featured musical numbers, including one about the Spanish Inquisition and, of course, Jews in Space. Brooks is a writer and executive producer on the series, along with Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, and others. There's no word yet on which world events the series will, uh, will cover. Hulu has ordered eight episodes of the show. The writer's room is beginning in October with production slated to begin spring of 2022. Brooks had said, I can't wait to once more tell the real truth about the phony baloney stories the world has been conned into believing our history. Brooks, a comedy legend and EGOT winner, uh, wrote and directed History of the World Part 1 in addition to appearing on screen in five different roles. These included... King Louis the 16th? Sure. 16th, and his piss boy doppelganger, as well as the stand-up philosopher Comicus. Uh, the film also starred uh, um, those uh, uh, Gregory Hines, Dom DeLuise, Madeline Kahn, Harvey Corman, Cloris Leachman, and many more, and most of those people aren't even. Yeah. <laughs> How sad is that? Aren't here with us anymore um brooks's comedy films have constantly ranked among the best of all time such as blazing saddles young frankenstein uh the producers and Spaceballs. he later adapted both the producers and young frankenstein as critically acclaimed stage mu- musicals and he also produced several hit films most notably david lynch's the elephant man that i didn't I didn't realize he had produced that. I didn't either until I read the article. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. he's you know definitely a comedy legend. Yep. Um, you know has thankfully been around and is still very active. So this should hopefully be hysterical. You know, for for those that are Mel Brooks fans. How well, how old is Mel Brooks at this point? He's in his nineties. Nineties easily. Think? Yeah. I yeah. think we had we had looked and he was ninety one or ninety two. Something and, like that, yeah. You know, and still sharp as a Amazing you everything know. that he's accomplished in his time and he's still producing as he is. It's it's just yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, so I I'm I'm looking forward to see 
you know, what, because obviously at the end of History of the World Part One, you know, and I think that was always the joke of it, that it was a part one right. and that there was probably never going to be a part two. And they had these little teasers. Right. They had a teaser for History of the World Part, the coming attractions for History right, of the World right. Part Two. And it was like, okay, when's this happening? And it was like, yeah. Now he went on to do, went, you know, he did so many other things afterwards, and that, that and that's fine, and 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 that's the thing is, you know, so many of his things are are parodies of other yeah. things that uh, you don't even need them to be a parody because they're so good, you know, absolutely. on their own and stuff. So I mean, the man's a comic genius, and absolutely, he, and he still has it. So he, he does, and he gets the credit he he deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so definitely looking forward to that. So what's our Halloween story for so, this? So yeah, night? this kind of worked out. So also from Variety, it seems that the Munsters we get the first look at Rob Zombie's new movie. So just in time for Halloween, Rob Zombie had shared some of the first photos of the Munsters cast, confirming Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman Munster, Sherry Moon Zombie as Lily Munster, and Dan Roebuck as Grandpa Munster. The filmmaker wrote, Since Halloween is rapidly approaching, I thought it was a perfect time to meet the Munsters. Direct from the set in good old Hungary, I present Herman, Lily, and the Count sitting in front of the newly completed 1313 Mockingbird Lane. On June 7th, Zombie had announced that he would be writing and helming the film based on the 1960s sitcom about a family of friendly monsters and revealed that he would be constructing all of Mockingbird Lane. The film follows the family of monsters who relocate from Transylvania to the American suburbs. It is set at the Universal Studios 1440 uh, Entertainment Division. For months, Zombie has been sharing photos from the set, and most recently, he shared some special effects behind-the-scenes images. Zombie has also shared insight on some of the costume design for the film, teasing sketches of what Lily and Herman Munster might actually wear to bed. While the costume design has not yet been revealed, the detailed look obviously included um, Herman's nightgown, complete with skull buttons while spider web embroidery uh, finishes Lily's floor length robe. Zombie wrote, what do Herman and Lily wear to bed? Perhaps something like this. Uh, so if you go to the website, you can actually see a bunch of these pictures and it's a very cool uh, concept art uh, to see. And it'll be interesting to see what of the concept art actually makes it into the film. But it's kind of interesting. You have these spider webs and these skull embellishments that, you know, unless you're looking you know, at it, you don't notice that it that it's there. Uh, in another post, Zombie shared a photo of the cast uh, from Herman Monster's head. He wrote, the clay is out and the sculpting has begun on a very prominent brow for the Monsters. Zombie actually began directing horror films in the early 2000s, most notably The House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and the 2007 reimagine of John Carpenter's Halloween, as well as its sequel, Halloween 2. Very cool. Now, I'm not sure what your feelings are on this. I mean, I was a big fan of the Munsters growing up mm-hmm. as a kid watching I was it. too. That and um, the Adams family um, also. So. See, now we didn't get the Adams family for some reason on the networks that we had. Hmm. I didn't get see the Adams family until I was in my teens. Okay. 
Um, well, obviously, when I saw the monsters, it was all reruns. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not that old. We're not that old, just um, saying. I don't know how I feel about this. It's like, yeah. I, well, and I wonder if it's... Does a classic like that really need to be remade? Well, and I wonder if they're going to do it. Is it a comedy? Because obviously the show was a, a comedy. Right, right. Or are they going to kind of do it a little bit more seriously? Or, you know, because that's the whole thing is Rob Zombie is known He's for... He's known for comedy. Right. Yeah. So I wonder, but how do you make the monsters not... Funny, I guess, is, yeah. you know, I could see it kind of the way that the Adams family, when they did the movie versions um, with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, yeah. um, you know, that those were big hits. Um, it was more adult humor at that point yeah. than the campy humor that the show had. Right, right. So I wonder if yeah. that's going to uh, kind of be where they, they go with it. But the cast looks, you know... They look it looks the, fantastic. It looks I mean, fantastic. The, it it looks very classic, like it's the original. Yeah, original and series. and the fact that you know they built the house, they you know, and 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 that's what I love is when there's a filmmaker who actually spends the time to really build the set, as opposed to oh well, we'll just CGI it right, and we'll do, right. you know yeah, practical effects still have a place in television and movies. Yeah, for sure. yeah, and I think you know it's like if. Honestly, I don't know. Well, like Daniel Roebuck, I know who he is. I would not have known who that that was him looking right, at, at right. Grandpa, you know, Munster. Yeah. Um, you know, Sherry Moon Zombie and, and Jeff Daniel Phillips. I don't know what they look like normally, but well, just yeah. looking at just looking at the Herman Munster makeup mm -hmm. and the Grandpa makeup. It's obvious that he's trying to recapture the classic look. Yes, looks, the classic look of. Which is nice. Yeah. So hopefully it's it's done in such a way as to let the original mm -hmm. series stand on its own and, and be appreciated. I would definitely be interested in seeing it. So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. So that was all we had for entertainment news. Yep. And we'll be right back with our insightful picks. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick is American Horror Story Double Feature. So unlike any of the other seasons of American Horror Story thus far, Double Feature actually had two seasons kind of to it. So it was a 10-episode season. The first six were based off of one storyline, and then the other four were based off of a different storyline. Um, and two completely different stories where I think a lot of fans of the show were looking for that commonality, you know, something to kind of tie the two together. And they, they kind of did, but they kind of didn't. Um, so the first six episodes were titled uh, Red Tide, and it kind of took place in a sleepy oceanside town where residents um, pop some talent enhancing pills drink a lot of blood, sing excessive amount of karaoke, and all this other havoc happens, uh, like true American horror story fashion. Um, it was a very interesting story. Um, it had a, a very Stephen King feel to it. Um, 
you kind of had these uh, vampires that kind of came about and and this whole, um, you know, do I take the pill? Do I not? Do I risk it type thing? And, and, you know, it was a very interesting arc that they had. Unfortunately, the finale kind of was like, oh, that's how you're ending it. But it was still good. It, it, it wasn't bad. Um, and then the next four episodes took on a whole other um, <laughs> whole other theme of aliens basically uh, taking over uh, the country and interesting little conspiracy theories about various things and what presidents knew and what presidents and, you know, the government allowed to happen for these aliens to basically come over and, and be integrated, uh, you know, uh, basically take over, you know, the world. Um, so that was kind of uh, an interesting look at, at conspiracy theories of, of different things with, you know, Area 51 and like, all right, yeah, I could see where you're going with this, where they basically put historical things and historical people in, you know, intertwined with these things. So it was kind of interesting. And again, that season finale just was like, it just ended. <laughs> and it was like, wow, that, that was the only explanation. A lot of people, you know, I was reading different um, fans who, who kind of felt that same way that they, you know, like, just give us like three more minutes to explain something. Um, but that's what American Horror Story does. Sometimes they just kind of rip the bandaid off and, and that's it. Um, but overall, I was, I was impressed with the season, definitely better than some of their other seasons. And that's what's so nice about it is that every season is so different. They always take, um, you know, a, a different viewpoint of, of things um, and and really mess with your head in, in certain cases. Um, so if it's something that you like, it wasn't, you know, as gory as some of their past ones, which is kind of nice. Um, so if you're interested, all of the episodes are out uh, and streaming on FX. All right. Cool pick. Thank you. So my pick this week, ironically, uh, and had nothing to do with, with your pick, is Conspiracy. See, look at that. Uh, a Netflix series. Uh, who doesn't love a good conspiracy? Uh, maybe it's how the government's hiding the discovery of aliens. Or maybe you're fond of the many assassination plots that came out of the 20th century. How about Hollywood and the sordid conspiracies of the silver screen? In this 12-episode series on Netflix, skeptics and others discuss widely held conspiracy theories involving aliens, government cover-ups, secret assassinations, and other intrigues. History tells us that Hitler killed himself in his underground bunker, but maybe, just maybe, he escaped and lived out a long life in some South American country. Did members of the British royal family help the Nazis during World War II? What really happened to Jimmy Hoffa? Is the Vatican the easiest place to commit murder? No conspiracy seems to be off limits to this series. In 12 episodes, you'll explore twice as many popular conspiracy theories. Presented in a documentary-style format with testimony from, quote, experts and actual experts, you'll get a refreshing look at both sides of the conspiracy. With some questionable thing, while some questionable things are acknowledged in many of these conspiracy theories, when the conspiracy theorists push their point of view, 
you get an objective look at the various points by accredited academics and historians who provide a grounded perspective and their own conclusions. Surprisingly, it's one of the more balanced conspiracy documentaries I've seen in the past. I'm not a conspiracy nut myself, but I do believe that the truth is fed to the public that's fed to the public isn't quite always the full truth. Sometimes you need conspiracy nuts to scrape the scabs off of history's more gruesome wounds and dig out a little bit more of the truth. I find most times there's some grain of truth to be gleaned from conspiracy theories, though the reality of the situation tends to fall short of some of the more fanciful creations of conspiracy theorists. It's a well-put-together series that asks more questions than it answers, but there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, it's not too preachy, nor is it tried, does it try to claim, uh, cram a particular point of view down the throat of the audience. It creatively puts out theories, surfaces what factual evidence there is, and puts it all together in a neat little package with commentary and reenactments, and then leaves the viewer to draw their own conclusions. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of get to see both sides of the story and you make your own decision. So, anyway, I thought it was kind of an interesting series. I got through all 12 parts of it. It is Conspiracy, streaming now on Netflix. And we'll be right back with our afterthoughts. So, our list is getting short. We're, we're burning through a lot of our shows here. What do we have left? Yeah, so both actually happen to be on the same day. Um, the one uh, is the Ocean City Comic Con. That is December 11th, only December 11th, from 10 to 5 uh, in Ocean City, Maryland. This will be one that we will be attending. Um, we've been looking forward to, to trying this one for a couple of years, but... Uh, they used to be, I guess, earlier in the season, I believe is what it was. And we always seem to be away during it. So this is, uh, I guess their first time bringing it back since the pandemic, right. uh, which will be nice because it's kind of the end of, um, the, the comic con season and also, not much I'm guessing is going on in, in Ocean City, Maryland right. uh, at the time. So uh, should should be interesting. Uh, so we're planning on, on making a weekend of that. Um, for those that are in the Allentown, Pennsylvania area, uh, there is the Pennsylvania Toy and Comic Super Show, which will also be December 11th from 10 to 2 at the South Mall, Allentown. Uh, this one kind of popped up. Uh, it looks like it's, you know, probably your average size toy show, um, you know, with comics as well. Uh, I don't remember if they had any guests or anything, but it looks like, um, they do other shows as well, other toy shows and, and things like this. Um, so if you're in that area, uh, you have that one to, to go to as well. And that's it. That'll round out the year for us, and hopefully we'll start seeing more conventions show up uh, on the calendar. Yeah, we were supposed to have Wizards uh, Philadelphia was supposed to be in, in November, um, obviously because of the change of um, companies, right. where it went from Fan Expo, Wizards, uh, to Fan Expo. Obviously, something must have happened with the dates because they were even changing the location yeah, of it. Yeah, it was crazy. As well. So now there's nothing if you look uh, look it up. So hopefully it'll be next year. Also, the Greater Philadelphia um, 
Comic Con. That one I think is supposed to be April ish, possibly of of next year. And then there was another one. Um, well, when the dates are published, we'll talk so, about So yeah, them one, we'll go over once we once we find out more. Obviously, we'll we'll put everything together. So yeah, I think that's just about it. Before we do go, I would want to once again remind folks to subscribe to the podcast. You can get audio versions of this podcast. Listed as Insights into Entertainment. You can also get video versions of the podcast listed as Insights into Things. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, etc., etc. Uh, you can also write to us, give us your feedback, give us your own uh, convention you'd like us to plug. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com backslash insights into things. We do stream five days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things. You can find the video versions of all of our podcasts at podcast.insightsintothings.com. Or you can get everything on our website at insightsintothings.com. That's it. Another one in the books. Have a good week, everyone, and happy Halloween. (laughs) 